Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of All Marketing School certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Good day. I was going to say good morning, Amy, but then people might be listening to this in the evening. So good day to you, Amy. Definitely good day. How are you doing? I'm all right. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited for this chat with Rebecca today. So am I. She is amazing and she is such a lovely, lovely human as well. And it's always nice to chat to her. We had quite a few chats with her already in the last couple of months. Uh, obviously, as a, as a resident expert in a collective as well, she's been, you know, giving us some really good bits and bobs of wisdom. But today, Amy, we're going to talk about a few things, including success. And I kind of wanted to just literally put you on the spot because, you know, short and sweet and ask you, what does success mean to you? Hard question. Yeah, that's such a big question. I think it definitely means so many different things to different people. For me, it's very much being able to enjoy what you're doing, enjoy your life and whether success is in terms of your job or in terms of your love life or in terms of the relationships you have or in terms of your living arrangement. I think it's feeling satisfied and being able to sustain whatever you're doing and being happy. I love that. And I think it's it's one of those things that actually Rebecca talks a lot about in our chat which is there's this preconception of what success would be or should mean. And it really can shape the way that we go about our day, but not just that. It can even just shape the way that we perceive at the end of the day, for example, whether we had a successful day. And it can really put a lot of stress on your worth almost that you put on yourself. Yeah, definitely. Like there used to be just so much pressure that having a successful job meant earning as much money as you could, but you might be really miserable but yes, you might be earning big money. So it's definitely different for everyone. And every day is different as well. And I think right now there's almost a bit of confusion, which I appreciate because if you think about it now, we are, a lot of people are working at their own terms and even have weird, weird careers. I mean, I'm thinking about us, especially where you work with different things, you work with different teams. And it's hard because then you need to assess what success means to you, but maybe the people that you're helping or maybe, you know, how, how that work also, as you say, which is so important, connects with other areas of your life and whether you are actually giving enough love to the different parts of your life. 
Yeah. And success is not only just about work, it reaches into every aspect of your life. And so it's important to have that balance. I think. What would be one thing in that case that makes you feel um, not proud, but makes you feel you know, grateful, let's put it this way, at the end of the day, that maybe is not related to work? What is one of those things that really kind of puts a smile on your face that is unrelated to any work achievements? I think being able to look back at the day and think I did such and such just because I wanted to and just because it made me feel good like I'm really trying to make in time to read a bit more because I know I love it um but I've just got so busy doing other things um so when I can think actually I sat down I read for half an hour it made me feel great and I feel more balanced how about you what makes you feel like you've had a successful day Mm, that's actually I was gonna say "Mm, that's a hard question but it's not because there's a little joke inside the house that if I don't go for my walk, which usually is first thing in the morning, but again, for example, they are recording, it was raining. So I will have to do it later on today. If I don't go out in my nature walk once or twice a day, I'm groggy. I'm very, and that to me, it changes completely the day. I get that half an hour in twice. I'm happy. I'm like, yeah, okay. I've done loads of things. That's good. Pat on my back, but really making that time for myself is so important And I think I've always felt it was a nice little addition to the day. Right now is literally, it changes my mood. It's crazy. So that probably is my thing, I would say. Yeah, that's really nice. I definitely don't walk as much as I should. But when I do go out, I feel great. (laughs) See, that's the important thing as well. And again, this is just obviously us talking, but this is going to be a lot of the conversation that I have with Rebecca, because I think it's so important to understand how to define success in your own terms by changing your perception of what work and obviously hustle which is not a word that I love but also rest mean and I think it's really something that she is also very very vocal about when it comes to her work so just in case guys before we jump in Rebecca is a cognitive behavioral therapist and award-winning psychological life coach with a passion for taking clinical psychology beyond the therapy room and also really putting an effort and a big conversation around mental health as part of everyday conversation. And this is really what we're going to talk about today. Thank you so much, Amy, again, for joining me for this little chatteroo. I'm really excited to see you again next week. And now I would say, let's hear back from Rebecca. Hello. How are you doing today in this fine evening in this case? I am good yeah it feels like it's been a long evening because with the kind of days getting a lot darker quicker it's like it's so weird you literally speak my language but now because you're the expert Rebecca I'm gonna ask you what <laughs> putting you any pressure on you do you know what is that like I said from this is a circadian rhythm element as well but is it also something that is related to our habits or literally where our mind goes obviously by the way just for the record we're recording this in December so it is even darker mm. than when time you're listening from like this but, yeah. but I'm wondering I wonder if there's a connection in there there's an extra connection aside from just the circadian rhythm yeah there's a lot going on kind of biologically biologically uh, for sure that I cannot even comprehend to speak it but just generally like we're so used to habit and also we kind of associate things so when it kind of comes to dark it's more about the comfort the hibernation a lot of people kind of struggle to if you went to the gym after work or doing certain things after work you might just like um no it's dark outside have you not seen it it's almost bedtime (laughs) so really kind of struggling with all of that at the moment 
And actually, you talk a lot about the mental health side. Obviously, there's an element of mindset in what you do, but also there's the mental health, especially with your background and your training. And again, as an untrained person, so people don't slag me. But obviously, there's also the SAD element, obviously, like, you know, that seasonal disorder. And I think it's quite an interesting topic to talk about. I feel that it actually starts already when things get dark. And to be honest, until February and March, the days still are quite short. Um, is it yeah. something that you've seen a lot as well when it comes to like this time of the year? Absolutely. And so many people don't necessarily realise that it's happening as well. So some people might not have SAD, but they just notice that they feel a lot lower or they just feel a lot less motivated and all of those things. And it's like, that is all understandable, especially in the kind of climate that we live in as well, where it's just a lot colder and a lot darker. You see a lot less of it in places where it's a lot warmer and brighter in these kind of months as well. I can attest that. Yes. <laughs> I can attest that. <laughs> Coming from the vitamin D uh, country, I can attest that. Um, I actually want to share one tool that I have, and then I would like to hear a couple of yours. So you're going to give us the good mm-hmm. stuff. I'm going to give you the uh, the shortcut, which is um, a gift that I got eight years ago, nine, nine years ago, very old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a SAD light, you know, when it wasn't cool, though, it's the Lumia one. It was not sponsored by Lumia, but if you want to give me another one, I'll take that. Um, (laughs) and do you have one by the way one of those I do I'm looking at it right now it's on my desk I love this a gift from my mum I just said you know what if you can give it to me let's let's see how it goes be using it ever since nine years in the in winter I'll be honest in summer I don't need it is what keeps me up it what literally gets me up in the morning do you use it only on your desk or you have got one also for your bedroom I've got two I've got one that's a wake light that I would, it's got the whole alarm, it's, it's quite cool. So I put, use that in the morning and that is literally probably the only thing that gets me up in the mornings feeling a lot better. Because I just, as soon as it's, um, even when it's summer as well, if I know, I know that it's raining outside before I've even got out of bed, I know if it's gloomy, I'm just like, I do not want to go out. I do not want to get out of bed. And now, now it just kind of brightens the room and I'm like, before I've even registered what the weather might be like outside, you feel a lot better. So yeah, I've got that one. And then I've got the one on my desk, which I tend to, the kind of recommendations are to use it for half an hour a day. Um, the, the more newer models, the older ones probably that they might recommend about two hours a day, which is a very long time. If you, you know, sit that one for two hours. And um, so, yeah. Cause I, I, I saw that I have the wake up like yourself. Um, that's the one that I have. And again, I mean, I think by the end of this, somebody's going to send us another light uh, because we're really like <laughs> we're swearing by it. But it does make a difference. It really, really does. And um, it's interesting that you also use it in summer and that actually helps you with with that as well, because it really it really does just boost your mood and just kind of make it just makes you feel that association really works so well. Thanks. Is there anything else? Obviously, we talked about a couple of tools, so it's fair enough, a couple of tools, but is there anything um, when it comes to, let's say, especially these times of the year where we want to hibernate? And maybe we should in a way, but also we kind of cannot fully yet. So what would be some of the tricks or some of the things maybe you use or you recommend some of the people that you work with that can really help with those little boosts of motivation, especially when we're struggling? I think one of the main things that comes to mind is about our routines and our habits for sure because when we feel like we don't want to do much we don't and the less that you do the more kind of low that you feel the more tired that you feel so that all just has like a negative impact on everything whereas if you try to kind of keep to the same habits that you were keeping to in summer such as being a bit more active going out a bit more 
that can help so much. Um, and it can also help with your sleep as well. If you are generally more active in the day, you, you're sleeping a lot better. So by the time it does get to kind of time of going to sleep, not just getting dark, you're having much better sleep. And I, and I love that because it's actually tapping into something that we might already do. But again, as you say, we think, well, these habits are seasonal. We're kind of flipping the script a bit, which I think is a, is a really interesting way to do it. I want to ask you something else still about that mental health element, especially because it's one of the big things that also you will not, not just do, but also talk about, especially online and share so much about. And I wanted to ask you, aside from potential, this slugging, sluggishness and hibernation mode that is also quite seasonal especially, as we said, in the current climate. I'll tell you something fun, guys, by the way, uh, in Italy. So that, that's, that's cultural now. In Italy, everybody's like, it's saying what it is. But when I talk about, to people in Greece, like the current climate, the, un, the uncertain times. But anyway, <laughs> with the lockdown, <laughs> with the crazy. pandemic, it's so funny. I don't know if you noticed that. Every single time we talk about it, we, have, we modulate ourselves. If you go yeah. to Italy, it's like the pandemic, the lockdown. Yes, the thing yes. <laughs> um, but you know with this right uh guys um can you think of some of the issues the struggles maybe it's actual conditions you know what i talk about when i talk about mental health conditions that you've really seen a rising when it comes to your audience as i said your clients people they've been working with especially due to what has been happening recently so many firstly so okay so but when the kind of pandemic hit at time when I was working I was working with a lot of clients with OCD and health anxiety and I thought oh my goodness this is the worst timing ever it was awful in a weird way for some people they were absolutely fine it's almost like they've been a few worst thing was happening most of their lives and nothing like this happens and you're like Do you know what I'm quite prepared for this but for a lot of people it kind of either exacerbated old OCD or health anxiety or just the kind of general worrying that happen, being told wash your hands more, and if you're washing your hands more already, there's a lot of kind of conflict. It just generally a lot of people being a bit more conscious or aware of their health of themselves or the health of other people as well. So that was like a major thing, that kind of general anxiety, one of like not knowing what's going to happen with their jobs, with life, you know, am I going to be on furlough? Am I going to, how long am I going to stay off work for, etc. So many different worries, but also just the health of yourself, because the symptoms as well are just so common, like sim- similar to a common flu. They tell you to be careful with certain things. And it's like, well, how do I know if it's a sore throat due to this or that? So a lot of kind of self-monitoring. I think isolation as well is a major thing. I know that I really struggled that with that myself living alone. At first I was like, this is great just being at home alone. This is great. I'm in my element. I'm introverted. And then it would be almost two months that I had not stepped outside at all not spoken to a person in person at all and that can do really kind of damaging things to your mental health and especially that kind of fear of having to go back to normal and kind of step back into the world even going to the shop for me was like a major thing I was like oh my gosh I don't even remember like how to communicate with people I don't know what it's going to be like anymore you know you want to hug people you can't so there's a lot of kind of isolation the kind of fear and for a lot of people as well the kind of when you, or if you've been struggling with things before, you don't necessarily have the same vices available to you. So some people, how they manage their mental health before, you know, meeting other people, going to the gym, going to the cinema, whatever it is that you do. And whether it's a way to kind of genuinely manage those difficult things or as a way of distraction, you're at home now. And so therefore you have to kind of sit and deal with things, everything that was going on internally for you there was nowhere to hide so a lot of people kind of being like you know what I've been feeling like this for a long time but I didn't know how bad it was until I just kind of slowed down and 
there was nothing else I could do. And actually, that's such an interesting point. And obviously, it makes sense when we say it, but it's just literally the fact that without the stimuli, and as you say, sometimes those coping mechanisms are the things that we would look for to help us with some things, it really has forced us, sometimes, as you said, because you're literally by yourself as well, exactly. and really look inwards a lot more, but also, as you say, bringing up things that uh, maybe we'll find other ways to actually cope with, which I think is very, very interesting. For yourself, uh, what have you found that was something that helped you when it came to, as you say, the 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 obstacle, I guess, and the little like, hump of the isolation itself? Was it something that helped you uh, keeping you accountable, or maybe like you know reclaiming those connections that you were looking for? Yeah, so definitely, kind of telling people what was going on for me, and I think that was a major thing because it's like we were all going through the same thing. So I assumed that everybody else was kind of feeling the same way that I was feeling, but everybody else was in different situations, living with partners, their families, um, you know, other people living alone who are absolutely fine, other people who are living alone who just weren't. So we were all just this kind of, I'm fine, I'm fine, how are you, I'm fine. So starting to be honest about how I was, and then that allowed more people to be like, okay, why not go for a walk and give me a call? So that would get me out of the house a bit more, that would allow me to kind of speak to people um, when we could kind of walk with people, but like, you know, at distance, doing things like that. Um, and the more times I could do that, it was pairing up with the fact that at the time I felt like I didn't want to do it, but because somebody else was on board, I was like, okay, I've got to do it. I said I was going to do it with somebody else and now I'm going to. So starting to bring in those little things really helped. I love that. And I'm actually going to ask you now, probably a harder question, I think. Could you think of, like to finish off on this kind of subtopic and element of it that we're exploring with the uncertain times again, what would be the biggest lesson that you would say you learned on the thing that you learned about yourself throughout, let's say, the lockdowns <laughs> or throughout, you know, the past year? Like, obviously, this is the end of the year when people are listening will be the new year. But what has 2020 taught you, Rebecca? Oh, that is a major question. OK, I think it's taught me a lot about my the automatic ways of trying to fix something when something's going wrong. And at first I thought I was good at turning towards the problem and kind of, okay, how can I solve this? But really it showed me just how much my day-to-day life was so busy as a way of trying to distract everything. So when everything kind of got taken away, I had to, I was trying to find more to make myself busy, trying to work even longer, trying to kind of book even more clients. And I, I had to stop and think, why am I doing that? You know, what, what was the reason behind it? And it was just because there was just so much going on. My head felt so loud that that was the learned to kind of silence things. And even though as a therapist, I know that's not a helpful thing to do. It was just one of those things that really hit me. I was like, oh my goodness, I, I'm unable to run anywhere. I have to sit and, you know, deal with this right now. So that was a major thing. And you know what? Uh, sometimes we need to, uh, like, you know, we practice what we preach and we, we experience it first, firsthand of ourselves and then we remind of ourselves exactly. of what we know most. She's exactly. always, always, the, I think there's also the most memorable lessons that when you think about it, you know, we make mistakes and we learn and we kind of do things every day, but the lessons that we learn are the ones that really we teach so much. So That's it. And I really had to kind of go back to basics. And especially that when you're telling people, you know, giving people advice all the time and it just becomes very repetitive for yourself because you're like, I know that this is good. I read about it. I tell my clients about it. It's really important. I forget to do it myself. Sometimes we just need somebody else to tell us. But I really had to kind of go back to what do I know? What do I tell people to do? 
why is this important? And then starting doing it again, I'm like, oh yeah, this is why it's important. This is why, you know, we tell people to do it because it actually works. It's actually important. You have to get outside. You have to exercise. All of those things. So important. I love that. Yes. And um, <laughs> actually, you know what? You brought up a, a bit of a segue that goes into something that is a bit more evergreen that I think, as you mentioned, it is the element of obviously a couple of uh, dark sides of the way that we cope with mental health and one that probably we wouldn't really look at as much is you want to talk about busy it's actually you know filling our time and actually how to prioritize mental health and how to uh, understand the reason why we're now um chasing after the busy like this part i think that's um, what I see, part of us doesn't want it and is very aware of the burnout or working too much or, you know, but also part of us, as you said, you are almost drawn to that, like filling your time and working longer. And I think it's a massive battle these days. This is what I see from a personal point of view. So I kind of wanted to hear um, some of your uh, suggestions and opinions, because I think a lot of us, people like ourselves, probably had this issue before as well. You know, we're busy people, we love to do stuff. But I see that now so many people that didn't have the issue before now they're getting into that pattern and I don't know if it's something that I just spotted or yeah absolutely yes it's it's so important I think the first thing that comes to mind and probably the most important thing is we have to learn to understand why it's important for you otherwise it would just be something that you're doing begrudgingly or you're not kind of putting your effort into or you're just doing for the sake of it so I find I would find myself kind of doing meditation oh just because someone said it was a good thing to do or I'm just going to do this exercise just because it's a good thing to do. And I'm there kind of doing yoga, still going through things in my mind, still planning like, oh yeah, when I finish this, I'm going to write down this amazing idea that I thought of. It's like, no, that's not the point. Really kind of understand why rest is important. And something that comes to mind, I don't know if you're aware of the, the kind of the tortoise and the hare story. So with the tortoise kind of winning the race because it was slow and taking breaks. And that's exactly what kind of happens. We're actually a lot more productive, a lot so much better at most of things when we learn to take regular breaks rather than the kind of do you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna stop when I kind of get to this thing so if I kind of make it to this goal point then I'll book a holiday or you know book a spa and then I'm gonna relax it's like it does not work like that you will completely burn out and then you'll need more rest time than you're going to want to and then it's not really rest time it's it's you because you're still kind of your mind is still going you're quite frustrated at yourself for getting to this point for your body feeling low for all of those things it's important to actually learn to understand why it's important, but to make it fun as well. And you know what? I was thinking when you just said this, because it's it's a, such an interesting thing that you mentioned is actually we do it because that's what we're supposed to do sometimes. And you think that's what I'm supposed to do. And that will be the magic bullet. And then, as you say, makes my thoughts go away. Whereas you're still thinking about the great idea, right? Um, exactly. And it almost becomes another check. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a type A person. I mean, people that have been listening to this for a while will know. Uh, so it almost becomes an extra thing for your checklist. So you actually, you start doing it because you feel, oh, I accomplished something more. But what I'm hearing exactly. from you is that it's not that. It's not about the fact that you're accomplishing the meditation. It's actually reframing what the meditation or whatever it is, is for you and how can it help you. So it's a massive mindset shift and not just the activity itself. Yeah. Absolutely. And there are loads of kind of mindset shifts that we have to work on in order to get to that point. And one of them is seeing rest as being something that's needed and not something that you need to work for and you deserve it. So often we're like, I'm going to treat myself with this because I've worked so hard to deserve it. It's like, actually, 
you need to do it regardless. Even if you sat at your laptop and didn't send any emails and you've been stressing over something and you didn't manage to take a to- anything off your to-do list, you still need to rest. It's still an important thing. It's not something that's reserved for when you get to a certain point. And it doesn't mean that you're lazy or whatever kind of things that we put in our mind about not wanting to do it or not needing to do it. And I guess that that comes from a lot of the things that we hear from society and a lot of the, the ways that society is built because a couple of things that you said, you know what, that were hitting home. I was like, yes, the rest is earned. You know, work hard, play hard. This is literally, yeah, it's hard. not just us, right? Exactly. Society. <laughs> and it's kind of almost like shifting that work culture and I think one of the hardest things is going to be the fact that a lot of us come from some of that and even when you're starting your own business or you're becoming creative you have mm-hmm. to you have to shift the perception for yourself because somebody else is going to do it for you because you're not going to have a boss or somebody else that um, helps you with finding that balance I guess exactly exactly can I ask you one question about work-life balance Good for it what is your opinion on the idea of work-life balance? Oh, that's a really good question. So I think it's an important thing to have, but I think it's a very unique thing to each individual. And the reason I say that is because when we think about balance, we often think about um, this element of 50-50. And I think that's really difficult to kind of attain, especially in the kind of society that we're in. Sometimes it's really difficult to kind of have 50% work and 50% life and even if you kind of calculate the hours in a week, they don't really match up to, to what the element of, you know, typical nine to five working is. So I think it's less about kind of how much time you spend in both of those, but I guess how much energy you're spending in both in both of those things and whatever that balance might look like for you. So for me, I find that a lot of my work is actually part of my life. And I think if I wasn't doing a lot of my work, I'd really struggle with what to do because a lot of it doesn't feel like work. So for me, what my work-life balance looks like is when I'm looking at my diary and I kind of color code what's in there, if I'm seeing too much of one thing, that's not very balanced. If I'm seeing certain blocks of things, then that to me looks like balance. And I think it's important to kind of judge what balance means to you because it's what makes you feel better. Um, But we need a bit of everything, not too much of one thing. First of all, this girl speaks after my own heart because she's color coding her stuff, okay? So let's just acknowledge that. Color coding queens united. Yes, I love that. Love uh, so first of all, yes. And secondly, I'm going to reiterate one point. All of this was gold, but I'm going to reiterate what you said, which I subscribe to myself, which is some of our work is part of our life. Actually, our work is part of our lives. Is how we, as you say, balance the different aspects of our lives, which include work. And I love, love, love the fact that you literally went straight to the point. We have this 50-50. 50 of our time should be work, 50 should be everything else. Does it have to be? For some people, maybe it's 20% work and 20% this and 20% that. It's really adapting to your lifestyle. And I'm going to ask you one more question on this, and then I'm going to close down because it kind of like it trickles away. And it's, in this case, then I'm going to ask you, what does success really mean then? Because if success is not about that and working harder, working more, how can people redefine for themselves? their definition of success oh really good question I think I don't think it's something honestly that you can define in that in a kind of particular way I don't think there is a a real kind of 
dictionary definition but to me when you ask me that question what I'm thinking of is probably quite morbid but I'm going to go for it anyway if I was on my deathbed if I reached a certain point in my life and someone said you couldn't work anymore or you know took away all my qualifications or took away all of that what would I be happy with that I used my life for um, and that's probably more of a kind of general thing in my life like what what would success mean to me rather than the kind of things that I'm trying to work on now and oh I'm you know I, I qualified in this or I did this but genuinely how have you lived your life are you proud of that would you be proud of that even in your day what what would I be proud of doing today that, that I managed to tick all of those things or is it something else I think the the kind of definition of it changes and depends on you and we can't kind of chase it as a society it's not necessarily how much things we've done but the person that you've become this is a fake mic that you can't hear this is me dropping the mic <laughs> we both dropped it um you know, I, I, did, I didn't cue you on this, but it was exactly what I was hoping you were going to say. So again, mm. great minds think alike. Okay. I think it's so important to understand that your definition of success should fit to your lifestyle, what you want to achieve and how you want to feel and how you want to lead your life. And the more we all take ownership of that, the more we can be happier today instead of wait to be happy in 10, 15, 20 years and when we get waxed, when said. And I know something that you feel strong about because I, I can see all the work that you do to help people reframe these things. One good post that was a recent one at the time of recording was about the December sort of vibe of mm, I need to get this done by 30 uh, by the 31st or I need to get started on my resolution. It's just going against all of these things that we just assume is what we need to think or what we need to do or what we need to achieve, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. And it's it's so important to have goals, but you also need to be where you are right now is there one of those obviously I mentioned these affirmations because they stood out is there one particular uh not you know belief or kind of like you know like the idea of like 31st of December is when you know I got you know the time for me to, to finish everything by then there really is one of your pet peeves you know one of the ones that really st sticks with you that you actually would like to change you know if you were to say I'm going to change this one belief this one thing that everybody thinks is the right one it's the one that really uh, uh. I think it it's one about how successful people spend their day or something and that they need to get up really early in the morning and seize the day and all of this crap I, I don't know it, it just really pissed me because <laughs> I just if you don't like early mornings that's absolutely fine like what why why like, if it works for you that's absolutely fine too but a lot of people feel like they need to be doing more in the day than no, that's just a way for you to get up earlier so you can work longer during the day so that you can be more productive so that society earns more money. So this, 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 it's not about, you know, success. I love that. I like, again, and I'm an early bird. So to me, that's kind of the way that things work for me. But I also find that then if you tell me maybe trying to be productive in the evening, I'll be like, no. In the evening, I, my brain is dead. So why would I go against that? You know, why would I go against that? I, I like that. And again, it, as you say, it's one of those things that get people attention, get them excited, and that is the problem. And then you think this is the only way that I can get more done or that I can get where I want to get to. Exactly. Now, the other question is the last one, and that's why I leave it for last. Are you ready? Are we ready? Ready, I'm ready. Yeah. The listener is like, I know what's coming. And she's like, oh, no. My question is, if you were to have brunch with anyone, anyone, dead or alive, who would this person be? Oh, my goodness. It would have to be Michelle Obama for me, I think. Yeah. 
Where would you take Michelle? Oh, where would I take her? Oh, I think she would have a lot more better suggestions than I would, to be honest. <laughs> sure. So you, were, so you actually go, you oh, yeah. go to her, yeah. you wouldn't bring it to London. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's loads of great places to go for brunch in London, I'm so sure, but I cannot think of any right now because I have not been, I don't even think this year since lockdown started. So yeah, that was a good point, I can't remember. <laughs> what were those places like? There was a time, there was a time I was young. Well, thank you so, so much. Uh, first of all, for bear being with tonight, I've been, I don't know what's going on, what's inside my veins, but I know <laughs> the energies have been beaming and it is very dark outside guys, as we said at the beginning, but somewhat, I found the energy. So thank you so much for, for rolling with it with us. Uh, thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure. You are such knowledgeable. And really, the way that you put the information out there, the way that you support people is so accessible that is so refreshing. So thank you so much for everything you do. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. If people want to find out more and check you out, where should we lead them? Where should we direct them? So best place to find me is Instagram, Rebecca underscore Kimberly, or my website, RebeccaKimberly.com. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at Creative Impact Co. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group. <laughs>